You are listening to a Big MX Radio podcast, brought to you by Fly Racing, presented by W Wheels, X-Brand Goggles, Shades of Grey Custom Helmet Painting, Transcanda Motorsports, Rhino Power Sports Supplements, Westside Honda, Roy Borton Suspension Systems, Watts Perfections, and Golden Tire. Motocross and Supercross news from around the globe. We're not experts, but we've got a microphone. Check us out on the web at www.bigmxradio.com. And now, here's your host, Brad Gebhardt. Sound good? Excellent. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Show, brought to you by Fly Racing, X-Brand Goggles, and W Wheels. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, and with me on the line, the motocross vault himself, Tony Blazer, <laughs> not too bad, man, and uh, one of the best photographers to ever shoot this sport, Iron Mike Sweeney. Mike, how's it going, brother? Excellent. So, um, guys, it's Retro Weekend, the the Moto Geek Weekend of all Moto Geek Weekends. This is when they bring back all of those memories that we live pretty much on a weekly basis because I don't know about you, but I've been going through the 1994 Motocross Caesar series on your YouTube channel for the last two weeks or so uh, just because that's what I do. Um, Tony, how, how often do you go back and kind of relive some of these races? I don't go back and look at them that much unless I'm writing something for, for Pumpkin Extra on the side or something. Sometimes I'll go back and watch them for that. Um, but not that much. I've seen them a bunch of times, you know, and I watched them all again yeah. when I was re-ripping them. And I mean, every now and again, maybe. There, I, there's a couple. I actually like watching, uh, like, the 89. I have, like, uh, Season Review. And I like, well, that's a great one. This classic season. 90's a great one, too. So I watch the Season Review every now and again. But individual races, I don't usually pull them out. And, and Mike, you were taking photography, taking photos throughout this time. Uh, do you ever go back and, and open up some boxes of some great photos uh, and kind of reminisce on uh, those days of uh, uh, Dust Bowl photography? Uh, photos, not so much. But what I will do is, uh, like the other day, I, I went back and watched uh, a race that I actually photographed back in the day. So I had no recollection of what happened during the race. So it was kind Perfect. of cool. Well, you're, you're pretty busy. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool watching like and like as soon as you see it you're like oh yeah shit i forgot about that you know that type of thing like i watched uh 91 orlando the other day and the track was just like it was almost like enduro cross in this one part it's like it had this 180 degree left to a kicker and then you landed on the flat but what they did is they basically took two telephone poles and buried them in the shape of an x in the dirt oh god so it was like this weird like you know warty ate shit hard like (laughs) He hit, like, one of the lower legs of the accident, just deflected his wheel, and just, like, went right over the bars. It was just like an enduro mm. cross crash. You know, it's a slow speed section, but... Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, to answer the question, yes, I, I will definitely go back and watch uh, uh, races on, on YouTube. It's great with Apple TV. You know, you can just pull up YouTube, watch it right on the TV. No doubt, yeah. I get the HDMI cable out, and I uh, I don't want to say relive this stuff because uh, I wasn't fortunate enough to uh, been around when most of this stuff was going down. So uh, yeah, I, I I love watching it all just to uh, be a student of the sport. Now, 
Tony, uh, the first thing that comes to mind when uh, when I say retro weekend is what? Oh man! In terms of like the races that have been good, the retro races they've done, you mean? Or are you talking about just the retro just, racing? Just the general? whole weekend, like what what the whole weekend represents, what you look forward to, so that sort of thing. Well, what I most look forward to is like obviously the bikes and the gear and stuff. You know, I, I'm a huge fan of uh, the whole '80s, '90s era. It's when I grew up, when I really got into moto and stuff. So I love the looks of a lot of those bikes, and I think it's cool when you see some of the teams actually put a little effort into, you know, bringing a little of that retro flavor into the bikes, like Honda did a couple of years ago, and Yamaha's done the last couple of years. I love when they bring back that uh, yellow and black bumblebee look. It's just awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. For sure, um, Mike. Uh, what? Um, how? How's? What the hell did I write? Oh, I'll ed- edit this part out. Uh, I hate it when that happens. Really though, I wrote how's how's set up. Oh, you meant to write Are you who? most You're, excited you about? Oh, yeah, you, who's you meant to write who's? Yeah, you wrote uh, how's. Uh, uh, <laughs> Mike, Actually, this one. Uh, this one just broke in the last few hours, and it's definitely Chad Reeves. Did you guys see it? He did a takeoff on the 93KXs with the blue seat. Yeah, I love it. I, know. I was awesome. actually expecting him to, to yeah, even push it off too. even further. Yep. Chad, uh, but, yeah, he's going to ride a two-stroke in open ceremonies. Yeah, and that one of the things I wanted to talk about that I was really hoping they'd go a little bit further on the two-stroke. I, I, I actually I know for a fact that that whole idea only came together in the last maybe three or four days yep. uh and um and they probably didn't have time to do like a seat cover for the thing and, and some graphics but that would have been really cool to like do a mid 2000s build with uh like the uh with the 93 look that would have been really cool but uh, it is cool to see that he's going to come out on a two-stroke yeah or if you could have borrowed project 90 that would have been awesome well steve already sold that so yeah i think he sold it already yeah, that's uh, I I I'm actually surprised he sold it, but actually I'm not surprised that he sold it because that's uh, that's just something that what what Steve Mathis would do. Um, what are you looking forward to the most out of this weekend, Tony? Bikes or gear? Um, definitely bikes. I mean, I think I've seen some of the gear. I, I like the Fox stuff, the Dungeon uh, Muskin and stuff are running. I think they're cool uh, yes, for sure. It's kind of like that ninety. I saw Mike actually posted a picture of Larry Ward running it. Um, I saw this morning on, uh, on his Instagram that looked really awesome, and that that's not my favorite of all time gear, but it does look pretty cool. But I do love when they when they uh, trick out the bikes to make them look like they did back in the day, and I think like like Mike said, Chad Reed's bike just looks awesome. Yeah, it looks really absolutely. Good. I I'm really impressed with Chad's look. Uh, those guys went all the way on it. Um, only thing that could be missing really is I think that uh, I'm not sure if the if the frame is the flow green but uh, otherwise yeah, pretty much no, on point black. yeah yeah black yeah, frame black. and like honestly i understand uh they like that's that's one big piece that they'd have to change but uh would have would have would have made all the difference to guys like us but uh i'm not too sure who else would have uh would really noticed um tony same question uh would you look forward to bikes or do you look forward to gear um which which one stands out most to you actually mike you already asked me that one yeah, uh, yeah said Mike. you know what I'm really looking forward to? I'm looking forward to seeing 20 guys go through that 270-degree second corner. <laughs> That's going to be chaos. Yes, oh yes my God. That, that'll most likely go poor, poorly. 
Yeah, that's, um, it's going to be insane. But uh, bike and gear are about equal for me as far as which one I'm looking forward to seeing. It's been great the last few days, like flipping through Instagram to see what everybody's doing as far as the change-ups go. Um, I have to say, though, a few teams apparently didn't get the memo about it being 90s retro because I've seen a lot of, like, 70s setups. You know, technically the yellow, black, yellow, 70s. Um, Yoshi Suzuki did a 1970s-style number plate on Baggett's bike. So, yeah, I, thought, I mean it's cool. Trust me, I'm not complaining at all. But I just thought it was kind of funny that you know you're just looking of, for more purple. Yeah, you know me. Lots you're looking purple. for purple and white Yamahas. I know this. It's only a matter of time. Although, did you guys see the JGR yeah. Yamaha? Yeah, like they look Miami. pretty sweet. I like the whites. That's almost like it's funny because like in Canada, Yamahas were red, white and red for quite some time. Yeah, they always were. Yeah, you never guys, you guys at the European. Yeah, I never understood that. Yeah, so uh, that was always pretty cool to see, and uh, I, I think actually uh, the Rock River guys are doing the same uh, regular style font, but they're doing the uh, the red and white uh, theme bike, which I yep. think is cool for a, a, a privateer team, uh, and we'll get into that a little bit more. Uh, one of the things that I'm not super pumped on is that Answer uh, still refuses to uh, incorporate an E or a W. Uh, in their gear, and um, as as far as like it's a good looking gear, I'm interested to see or the jersey anyway. I'm interested to see what they do with the pants because uh, what they're trying to do is uh, replicate something that uh, Johnny O'Mara wore in '89. The Gator back uh, stuff, yeah, yeah. But I, I'm I'm interested to see a what kind of pant they use and how it gets received because like I remember looking back on pictures like that, but I'm not too sure like the the main target market of motor of supercross are going to get that reference i don't yeah. know what, like yeah. uh tony what do you think about that like is is that one of the things that's going to be kind of trick but fall on deaf ears you know i, I didn't like i hate in fact i hated that stuff in 1990 when, when Osha <laughs> ran that weird gator print stuff was bizarre um actually i think the answer stuff or the ants were or how you would say that word that they have uh, created now um, I don't think it looks bad now. Actually, the jersey itself actually looks better than the stuff Johnny O ran in '90. Um, I haven't seen I agree. it, yet, so yeah. I'm not sure. Because um, man, when he came out with that, I was like, "Oh my god, what is he doing?" I think actually, you know, if you listen to Johnny talk, he's kind of embarrassed to run the stuff. He didn't much care for it either. <laughs> so I don't know. It's uh, it's definitely out there. It'll attract some attention. Uh, you know, the the guest yellow and kind of turquoise one doesn't look too bad. You know, I think it'll be okay. I mean, it's. Um, it's not really going to match because it looks like they're going with, uh, uh, like you were saying earlier, a 70s-style Yamaha going with the, the Bumblebee look. So the ears yeah. are kind of not really right, but uh, that's okay. At least at least they're putting a little effort into it, which is a lot more than, you know, a lot of these years when they've had these retro things, you'd have one bike maybe that's, uh, you know, no gear or anything. So I like when they pull this stuff out and do it. It's awesome. Absolutely. So uh, as far as, uh, like, Tony... Which team do you think uh, will uh, kind of swing and a miss with this retro night? Like, I guess you kind of covered it with uh, the, that's the Rock River, not Rock River, uh, the Star Racing Yamahas. They're going to be yellow and black, uh, and uh, the answer gear is going to be, uh, that's basically, they're about 12 years apart as far as when those two, uh, those two would really align, right? Yeah, it's uh, the last year for the yellow Yamahas in the U.S. was 84. Um, so okay, it's about six so years apart, too, but still, too, too far about, it's yeah. still a little bit, you know, a little bit off. I mean, I, I appreciate the effort. It's it's nicer like last year. I get was it last year than when JGR 
the, the yellow bumblebee look, and then I think yeah. it was, yeah. And then Brayton and then had it. And that, it when, yep. when you had the, yeah, they had the, the year that matched, that's a good look. Or when in 05, I guess it was, you know, Dylan and Yamaha had the 50th anniversary stuff and they were all in the Bumblebee. And I thought that looked great. Um, so, yeah, I, while I appreciate the putting some effort in it, it might kind of not quite look right, but that's okay. Like I said, it's still cool. No matter, as long as somebody puts a little effort into it, I got no beef with it. I'm glad if they put a little effort into making it be a little bit different in a special weekend, you know? For sure. Um, as far as like uh, another, sorry, go ahead. I said maybe we'll get lucky and the Alpine stars will go retro and actually have gear that's not hideous. Maybe go with like yes. a 2003 <laughs> look or something when it was. But actually, like I the... wanted to own the stuff instead of <laughs> be embarrassed to be seen in. I, you know what the funniest thing is? I've actually been kind of pooling some of the like non motocross fans of mine that'll come over and watch it, and I'll ask them what they think of the gear. Like as like just basically a random question, and they'll just be like that is by far the ugliest stuff on the track. And when the people that don't even know enough to know that don't know don't like it, you know it's ugly. Like that stuff. Like, I was even telling, like, uh, saying my dad, like it was so it's just it's so many colors and things moving in different directions, and it just equals a really ugly look. And uh, it's just so busy. Uh, I just I I can't I like. I look back at what the stuff that Ryan Hughes wore in 2003 when, uh, yeah, like, ah, it's just like, that was good looking stuff. And you know, pretty much any year until two years ago, they always, you know, you couldn't buy the stuff, but it always looked good. And now apparently you can actually buy it, but who would want to? Yeah, like uh, it's just I, I I couldn't imagine myself uh, slapping down a uh, full pop for that for that gear whatsoever. Uh, the only actually stuff I I don't mind is the stuff that I saw uh, Thomas Paget wearing when he uh, um, he sh- uh, debuted his brand new trick, uh, another crazy uh, inverted trick that he's doing off of a, a vert ramp. That stuff's like like super solid colors and if you haven't gotten a chance check out the his brand new 540 uh video uh on youtube um and yeah it's 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 a pretty solid colors big a across the shoulder and that's it and it was it's actually pretty sharp looking stuff so like those who are listening obviously this is a fly racing podcast but i like that gear too uh nevertheless yeah check that stuff out because uh i i think uh, i'd like to see uh a, a t- tomac in something like that um uh, da, 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 da. Oh, Mike, uh question. Do you think that Retro Knight is in its spot because Feld was worried that uh, a poor turnout for a- uh, Atlanta 2 being that it's uh, kind of going head to head with uh, NASCAR as well as it being the second event in the two weeks? Yeah, I don't know that they were worried about a poor turnout, but I figured they couldn't, you know, they figured Cheap insurance, you know. It's yeah. You know, I think I think it was a smart move on their part to to move it to that second night of Atlanta. Uh, Get a little buzz out there, so people yeah. are willing to. I wouldn't say necessarily come twice, but uh, those who were like, ah, maybe I'll just watch this at home, but like they want to see uh, the the retro stuff up up close and personal. You know, I was thinking about this today. NASCAR has a weekend where they have like four different races at the same track and what, two days, three days? Yeah. And they fill every one of those. And we're worried about not being able to fill out, you know, or, you know, at least put in a good showing for the Georgia Dome. 
over two weeks. So I don't know. I don't think it's going to be that big a problem. I think their biggest problem is going to be weather. It looks like they're getting hosed again with a winter storm down there, which, you know, is just total chaos for the South. Mm. Um, you know, they you guys just like, you just lose your minds when there's snow and coldness. And it's just like, yeah, I'm up here just deal. being like, that's the world we live in. Like, yeah, that's yeah. just every day, man. Yeah, here in New England, but, we're fine. But yeah, the Southeast does not do well with snow or any of that type. And it looks like it's not going to be good. But yeah, as far as uh, putting the right turn for number two, I think it's just, you know, a smart move, good insurance. You know, like you said, crank up the crank up the hype and get some buzz going, get people talking about it. and Definitely couldn't hurt, you know. Couldn't hurt whatsoever. Uh, Tony, I know you're a fan of this because uh, you've always been a, a big fan of both Team Honda and the Pro Circuit Kawasaki's for the most part, from what I can tell anyway. Uh, PC has brought back the look from the 2001 uh, PC team. Uh, what are your thoughts of that? Uh, and uh, what would you have brought back differently if you were uh, in Mitch Payton's shoes? I didn't see that. Um, that's not my favorite. Oh, you didn't see their, that? The bike. No, I did. I did. I did see it. Yeah, I saw a picture they posted of Thomas's bike on the RaceRex Instagram and stuff. That's not my favorite. I, I didn't really, actually didn't really care for the looks of that thing. I like the earlier um, Pro Circuit bikes from the '90s. By far the best. Uh, really, pretty much any of them in the 2000s. I don't care for. I don't care for any of them. They're all just monstered out for the most part. Um, I know some people like that particular one. I hate the 03 look. Um, I think my 03 favorite was ugly. My 02 favorite, was uglier. Yeah, I don't like any of them. I, I like the the first two peak years are my favorite, obviously, when they were on Hondas uh, by far. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and then the, those were awesome. Uh, and then the, the 93 through, you know, 97. With the blue forks. Pretty cool. Yeah, I, I like that look. I like Personally, I would have gone with like a 93 look or something with like the blue rear fender, the blue side panels. Something a little more retro. I mean, the, I guess they're trying to stick to the monster look and – Honestly, the the retro look they have, you know, they're running at this race is still, for the most part, maintains that same color scheme. They're just a little yellow in the shroud, so I'm sure that has something to do with it. You know, everything is so corporate now; they probably can't stray too far with it. You know, um, Chad's a little more free because he's almost, you know, self-funded, and Discount Tire really doesn't have like a corporate color scheme that he's worried about, can you know, sticking to. So it's a little easier for him, I guess. But isn't neat. I, I like that they're doing it because usually they don't do anything. You know, Mitch's bikes kind of just stay exactly the same. They don't even look any different year to year. So the fact that they're no, doing yeah. anything at all is, is great. You know, so I wouldn't want to complain as far as that goes. Well, yeah, I had this, this similar conversation with uh, Mike McDade. He's actually he's a arena cross guy. Just recently uh, quit racing after a pretty gnarly injury. But uh, nevertheless, he's doing a, uh, a, re a build with a KX125, and he was kind of asking my opinion on what I should do. And uh, I gave him the option of pro most likely doing like a um, maybe like a split fire bike from the late 2000s or late 90s anyway, uh, maybe the, the 2000 bike that uh, Nick Way would have ridden. Those were nice-looking bikes. But um, right in around the 2002, 2003, 2004, well, 2004, the, the four-strokes were already out. So, like, and those bikes, for whatever reason, they became super generic. They looked the same pretty much year after year after year. And that monster claw became the predominant feature of 
the the logo so it doesn't really look retro it's it's hard to throw that back because you've got a, almost a 10 year period of there where the bike looks the same so he actually ended up going with uh the 93 look and i told him I'm like you can't do that kit without doing blue fork stanchions and uh he at the time he had a a, a black frame I'm like you got to go flow green with the, with or at least green with the frame to uh to make it that look great and uh in my opinion if i'm mitch payton uh i would i would really steal the show by going back to that 93 look uh i'm sure the both of you uh would agree with me on that one. Oh yeah yeah the 93 cool. i like the, the 99 too with the big split fire plug on the side yeah and the red white and blue stripes i mean that one that Ramsey won the Supercross title on that that's a cool looking bike you know yeah it was for yep. sure so, that's, and then, uh, I think you featured uh, that bike this week yeah it's almost you know it's, it's too unfortunately you know it seems like their bikes have gotten more and more boring since they got the whole monster thing if you look at like one of the ones in the mid 90s you know they're all blue and purple and just all kinds of great colors and then now they're just all green and yeah black. it's it's um and black, yeah, it's and all black. blacked out Black blacked out. Uh, they, they used to have like I think actually I was looking at one of the the seat covers. It was a silver tip with a, a purple or a green line, a blue line, and a green line, and it says Kawasaki off the side of it. And they had blue back fender, blue side plates, uh, and I'm like that's 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 awesome to me. And like they had a white tank on a Kawasaki, which I can't. I, I got to imagine probably was not easy to uh, to to have. Um, it was just, it was a completely different look. And now obviously since they're, they're kind of, uh, they've got their corporate masters, uh, making, making sure that they have a certain look, things get a little bit boring that way, but, uh, uh, enough PC talk for now. Uh, Tony, if you were a manager of team Honda, which I'm sure that would be a, 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 a dream position for you, uh, how would you approach this weekend from, uh, from tip to tail, whether it be, uh, bringing in ex ex champions. Of course, there's tons of champions you can choose, uh, having retro bikes, like actual, like the 80, like some, uh, some works bikes on display as well as, uh, how would you approach, uh, decorating the, uh, the factory 2015 four fifties? Wow. I, I love the, um, when they went retro a couple of years ago with the mid eighties look like an 86, 87 CR is one of my favorites. Um, I also yes. love the, I like that Honda red color, like the old orange mist color a lot. Um, I think that looks really cool. If you're going retro, that's definitely what I would go. Uh, I know that they, they do bring out some of their works bikes, but it's usually like the Anaheim, I guess, you know, obviously those bikes are probably kept in California. So I'm sure they wouldn't bring them all the way up there to Atlanta, but, um, I think it would be too cool to see Trey and, uh, uh, Cole on on like an eighty seven style CR look. I think that would be awesome. For sure, get the blue seat on there, kind of very exactly. similar to uh, that. Instead of having just CR on the seat, you have the CRF. Um, yeah, basically gold, that the gold that, rims uh, the, and stuff. You know, just give it that yes. full eighties retro look. Maybe uh, yeah, it would be an amazing look for sure. Uh, Mike, if you were a privateer on a Yamaha. How would you capture a slice of the retro weekend spotlight? I would get myself some sort of retro gear, probably. Uh, I would see, I would contact Stillwart and see if they could do some of that stuff that RJ had, <laughs> some of the some of the chain link fence stuff. And I would do yeah. uh, I would do the fast the, boys. Uh, yeah, That's the right. fast boys. Thank you. That's what it was. And I would do uh, you know that kind of mid nineties purple magenta full-on kit on the bike seat cover I know you love that stuff you know I love that stuff <laughs> 
<laughs> I know. It's, it's just your favorite, man. It's your favorite. Uh, no, I, I would. I, I think that would be a great way. And I think that not enough privateers embrace this weekend as an opportunity for themselves to steal a bit of the spotlight because, like, it's all about this is like not it's it's still all about the race but uh like visually it's all about which racer or which team executes this the best and uh if yep. i was a east coast uh or a, yeah east coast 250 guy or a 450 guy that's like kind of a bubble dude like i uh, say if i'm a nick schmidt i go out and go full-blown bomber style look on my bike uh or if it's 90s i guess i'm doing uh uh i'd like do like a Bill's Pipes, Primal Impulse, Suzuki look. Uh, that would be just money. And then uh, go with like big font on the numbers, like an old school font on the numbers. Something like that just to like get generate some attention to myself and like from from the fly gear standpoint. Um, yeah, I think you'd, you'd, it'd be t- you'd be hard pressed to find like to truly go retro with those guys. But um, I don't know what you, what you'd really try to accomplish, but maybe go with something super basic and, and some some solid colors or something like that. But uh, that's just that's my thought on that. I think I don't know about you guys, but I think that more privateers should try to embrace it, although it is at their expense. But uh, I think it's a, a worthwhile thing for for the fans. Oh sure, you know nobody has grabbed hold of yet for any retro night that I've seen. Just uh, uh, mid to late eighties, early nineties, giant front number plate, front numbers. Yes. They Where is some, that? I don't know. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Either. I mean, they had some huge freaking number plates. <laughs> Remember, what was it, 82? Or, yeah, I think it was 82. The AMA made them run like those big, giant 14-inch things that were just yeah. humongous. They, were, yep. they looked terrible. It was like, maybe like only one year they ran them, but oh, my God. It was. It was ridiculous looking. And now now yeah. the car, bikes barely have the number plates on them. But <laughs> yeah, you can barely see the numbers. So they don't really need them with the transponders now, so. Right, exactly. It's mostly just uh, for show. Yeah, like there's there's actually well, in, in all reality, other than for fans recognizing who's who, uh, there's no reason to really have numbers on the bikes anymore. But uh, uh, I would I definitely like to see something like that, or just someone uh, tackling, or even someone just putting full floater on the back swing arm. Like if you're a Suzuki, you run full floater. Uh, is it Pro Link for Honda? Yep. Yeah, probably, yeah. Unitrack for Cowie. Unitrack, yep. The blue letter. Yeah. Something like that. Or like even Monocross like, on the Yamaha. Yeah, yeah, Monocross with the Yamaha. I, I was surprised I didn't see anyone uh like like because I know they all have their own swing arm sponsors now, but like going ahead and, and changing the font for that particular company and like asking them if it's okay if it still says say Vortex or something like that, but spell it with the uh, like that would be on uh uh, Baggett's bike, spell it with the um, oh yeah, uh, yeah. the full that, the full floater yeah. font. That would have been really cool, or like just a kind of a thinking outside the box uh, way to approach that. But of course, we're all just kind of thinking of this from a uh, this being our, our our biggest weekend, right? Sort of thing. So always uh, trying to figure out something like that. So uh, this. All this, all this retro stuff is happening, and we're forgetting about the race. Uh, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts a little bit, and I didn't write the questions down, but maybe just some generic questions on. Uh, um, I'd ask both of you: um, How dangerous is Ryan Dungey with a twenty-five point lead at this point? Starting with Tony, I think he should. There's no reason he shouldn't be able to keep this lead and take the title home because usually. 
the thing about Ryan is he doesn't usually have that blazing speed, but he's very consistent. And this year he's yeah. actually shown a lot more speed and still been consistent. So I think it's obviously um, well within Kenny Roxon or Trey's grasp to win a race or two or three or four even. But the problem is those guys, especially this year, have shown a propensity to throw it into the ground and have a bad race. You know, if, if Ryan, if he has an off night and he gets a third, they're not going to be able to make up the kind of points you need to, to chip away at a 25-point lead. And then half the time, even when Ryan's getting a second, they're getting like a third or a fifth or a seventh. So, um, yeah. I, you know, barring an injury, I mean, I thought he was my favorite going into this at the start of the year. And uh, I think he's done way better than I thought he would. I thought he would win the title on consistency. Um, but, heck, he's already won you know a couple of races, and he looks like the fastest guy a couple of times. You know, some of these races, it's something you never see from Ryan, you know. And I think he looks as you know at least as good as he did in 2010 when he took the title. Totally. Uh, Mike, uh, as far as uh, your pick for winning this championship was Trey Kennard, mainly because you're a fan of the guy, you want to see him do well. Um, as as far as blazing speed, a guy who could rattle off some wins, he seems to be uh, the only guy that I can really think of other than uh, Dungy at this point that, that looking poised to go on a run. Um, what, what, what do you think we can expect from him from the, for the next few races? I think, he, yeah, I think you're just going to see continued very high speed uh, he was closing fast, you know, last week. Oh, I thought he was going to get them both. Yeah, I did too. He just ran out of time. And, uh, you know, barring his little adventure with Chad Reed at Anaheim, he's been very consistent this year as well. Um, so, you know, he's putting in some great rides. And you know, I was thinking about this this morning as far as the 450 championship goes. It's coming down to who's going to make the least mistakes, you know, Kenny had the points lead. He made three huge mistakes now, and he's way back. Tomac has made a, a host of mistakes and put himself way back. Chad got screwed by the AMA, put him back. Um, you know, so it's Trey made a mistake, put himself back. Uh, and he's done a nice job of kind of bouncing back. Uh, what is he, 25 points out, something like that? Yeah, so, he's 20, 25 points uh, out right now. Four race, but, you know, coming down the home stretch, you know, Dungy gets knocked over by somebody in the first corner or his bike DNFs or, you know, something screwy happens. And this is a wide open championship. Part of me is kind of hoping to see that happen. I mean, God, I don't want Dungy to get hurt at all. You know, if it happens, I want it to be because, like, his bike breaks or something. Broken <laughs> but, chain. Broken chain on a straightaway. Yeah, That's all yeah. I want. Just something stupid like that where, you know, it's just like puts him out of the race. For the, just, And I know that's totally selfish. But that's you know just a fan in me speaking. Um, no, hey, we're all fans, man. Yeah. So, uh, is it safe to say that the both of you agree that uh, barring some sort of uh, an issue like that, like if if uh, if Ryan Dungey doesn't have an absolutely catastrophic weekend where he just receives no points, whether he like, by however that may happen, uh, he's your champion for 2015. Yeah, I mean he's not going to finish out of the top five. Barring something catastrophic, whether it's a crash or a, you know, a DNF because of his bike. So, and, you know, he keeps cranking off those top fives and even more likely top threes. It's going to be pretty hard to cut into a 25-point lead. Tony, you feel the same way about the diesel? I mean, obviously you think it happened. I mean, 25 points sounds like a lot, but you're right. It's only one race. All it takes is, you know, something to happen like it did a couple of years ago where you, you know, got a rock there's into cases or something and... It, it could happen. It might not even be something that's his fault. You know, the guy rides 
you know, pretty conservative within his limits, but all it takes is some idiot to cut over on you on a triple or, you know, try Eli to come in and center punch him in a corner or something. And, you know, it could be tied points again. So it's way too early. I mean, if it's one round to go, two rounds to go, I'd say, okay, yeah, sure. He's got it. But, you know, we were only halfway. You're not even in, uh, a lot of stuff can still happen easily, but I, I think if I had to put my money on it, I would say he's going to be a champ. But so many things could happen, you know. Yeah, but you know, I was thinking, what is there still ten rounds left, including uh, tomorrow? nine rounds left? Nine, nine. You think about eight this, down, nine if, to go. If Trey or somebody gains two or three points per weekend on him for the rest of the season, you know. That twenty five points disappears and we're going into the last round for the virtual tie, so Oh, I agree with you, but I think this is one of the very few years of where um the 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 top six guys like if I was to tell you that uh Ryan Dungey's gonna be first, uh Chad Reed's gonna be second, Ken Roxon's gonna be third, uh Tomac is gonna be fourth, and Trey Kennard is gonna be fifth. What would you say? Yeah, you know, it's not it's not out of the question for sure. And then if I said I was going to flip that, what would you say? Same thing. <laughs> exactly. And this is one of those years where you'll actually be able to make up 10, 12 points. The only in one particular night, the only thing that was hasn't been able to happen for is Ryan Dungey. He's had his his worst performance was the first race of the year. Yeah, fourth place. Ryan, yeah. Isn't it? Right, that's the point. You, you could shuffle everybody around, but as long as Ryan keeps the bike in the top five, I, I just don't see it. You know, maybe Trey gets on a roll, but the problem is, again, I, I love Trey, but he has not shown the ability to, um, you know, rattle off seven, eight wins in a row or something. Even when he yeah, won that's the, what it needs. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he needs to get on a Villapoto-like role. I mean, this is almost the exact same situation we had, what, two years ago when uh, Davey had a massive lead. You know, he almost had a point, I mean, a, a full race lead at one point. But, um, you know, RV just started racking off the wins one after another and, you know, chewing away when Davey was getting, you know, good finishes. It wasn't enough in the end. But, uh, yeah. I mean, it could happen. But, you know, totally. Trace, it's one of the things where Trey's got to show you that he's capable of making those smart decisions. I, sometimes I think, I mean, when I watch the guy, I love watching, but he, he, I almost kind of cringe because you're just waiting for the yard sale to happen because he just looks so aggressive and he's like, just, you know, he leaves himself no control, room for error. Well, I don't think he's yeah. out of control, but look how, I mean, you know, I, I know Steve's even talking about this, how close <clears throat> he follows people. You know, it's like you see him and it's like he's right, like breathing down their neck and it's like if the guy in front of him makes any kind of an error, he's going to hit him, you know. So, I mean, I love Trey. I, I hope, like you said, it ends up coming down to the end of this, not like a yawner, um, but we'll, we'll have to see, you know. Yeah, 25 points uh, kind of setting us up for an opportunity to for Dunge to kind of like kind of ease this one home. And I hope that's not how this ends up, because I I know a lot of the other guys are going to be clamoring to to try and make up that points gap. But like I said, if he doesn't go further back than fourth place uh, with the other guys stealing points away from each other on a night to night basis, uh, I I could definitely see him uh, cruising this thing home. Um, thoughts on the 250 class, Michael? Uh, these guys are fast. Um, and anyone who's surprised you so far? We hadn't. We, we last time we talked, the 250s in the East hadn't got going yet. Yeah, uh, the biggest surprise to me with the 250 East was has been uh, Jimmy Dakota's poor performances. Um, I definitely expected him to be, you know, more in the top, you know, in the five to eight range 
gets eighth place range, maybe, you know, down as well as 10th. But, I mean, you're looking at a guy that won a heat race at the medal end last year and, you know, has been top five guy. And he's just been struggling. And I know he put in the work and uh, he was over in Europe for preseason. And I think he won Geneva. Um, so he put in some good races over there. So it's the biggest surprise as far as that goes. Um, I have to say, it's, this happens to me every year where you, when you transition from the 250 West to the 250 East is you kind of have that letdown because the 250 West is just really getting going and yet like, you know, your rivalry is developing and the battles are really getting good and then all of a sudden it just stops and you start over again with 250 East. So I was kind of like, oh man, 250 East, you know, I was missing the 250 West guys and the, you know, the Bowers and Web battle and everything. And uh, the East is getting exciting already. I mean, Marvin and Martin and, uh, you know, Savachi and there's a host of, uh, there's a good grip of riders there for competing for that top, you know, top steps. I think it's going to be good going forward. Uh, only getting better and surprising to see Marvin making those mistakes last week. Oh, uh, totally. Actually, I was very surprised. I think, uh, Tony, would you, uh, did you kind of think that, uh, Marvin was going to make this boring for a little bit on the East Coast? It looked like that in, in Dallas, but he, he definitely, I mean, it's kind of amazing he ended up as well as he did um, in Atlanta, considering how like kind of rough he looked. Um, you know, he just definitely looked off all day. Um, yeah. then, and I mean, if you have an off day and still end up in second, that's exactly the kind of situation where you end up winning the title. So um, I was I was actually wasn't sure coming into it how Jeremy Martin would do. And then, uh, you know, the first week, really didn't give you a whole lot of hope that he was going to come out and, uh, and smoke all these guys, but he looked great in Atlanta, you know, came through the pack and powered to the front. Um, I was actually pretty surprised with uh, Davalos too, considering, you know, how badly he hurt himself last year. He jacked himself up pretty good. Um, yeah. and he, and he tried, he tried to ride a couple of times, you know, on the opposite coast and did not look that great then. Um, so actually I was surprised he let us as long as he did, you know, um, he, he put in a good showing. I was proud of the guy to, to do that. Um, I tell you another guy that's you know surprising. Lemoyne looked real good too at um, you know early not not in the last week but like at Dallas I was surprised at uh, how well the guys fast absolutely. Well, you know what, guys, um, I'm pumped for this weekend. I know it's getting late on your side, so I'm gonna uh, uh, shut it down for now. I can't uh, thank you guys enough for taking some time with me tonight to uh, just bench race a little bit, uh, get your thoughts on uh, retro weekend, which we've been looking forward to for quite some time now. And uh, on behalf of myself, thank you guys so much. And uh... always a pleasure, man. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content.